Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks in the morning. I'm your host, Anthony Denardo. Not with me is Jim this morning because Jim is in California and it's currently 4 a.m. So joining me today is Ty Ty. What's up, Tyler? I have my volume up way too loud for it being seven in the morning. <laughs> and that how it's supposed to feel just went so loud, my headphones. Welcome. How you doing? I'm here. There You're you welcome. Go. I forgot That's to get the most a coffee. Part. What are you drinking? Nothing. I thought, wait, didn't you say you had coffee? I forgot drink? to get a coffee. I was you just remembered when I looked at the name of the show, Starbucks. I'm like, I forgot to make a coffee this morning. I'm ruining your entire Monday routine. Well, I usually wait till I get to work to have the first coffee. Anyhow, I'm here. Well, just glad to have food. you. Glad to have you here. I know you're putting in some extra work today to talk Pittsburgh Pirates, but what a joy that is. Always. Always happy to talk Buckos. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's maybe talk about a little bit here. Um, so, obviously, the Pirates are coming off a series loss to the Angels, where they took only one out of the three. Yesterday was Mitch Keller Day. You had the joy of doing that post-game show. So, yeah. congratulations. And now you're back-to-back. You're on a, your leg the evening and morning shift right now. But I'm closing and opening. We'll we'll save a little bit of Pirates talk in in totality here a little bit. Let's start off with Henry Davis. Um, You're the one brought up. He's crossed his one month of the major league, being in the major leagues right now, right? So let's talk about him. Um, You know, the anticipation was killing us, right? When's Henry Davis going to get here? He finally arrives. Tyler, talk to us about Henry Davis, what you've been seeing from him. Yeah, I, I think early on it was pretty apparent that he looks very comfortable. And, and it feels like any uh, concerns about the bat playing, I don't know that there are many, but maybe some concerns that if he's not at catcher, would the bat play other places as much? I don't know that we ever really had those thoughts. Some other people might have, but I think those have kind of been put to bed. I think you really like what you've seen from him in totality. We're starting to see the power come around for him a lot. Um, the bet the ball skills have really gotten better since probably his first week up here. We saw a few too many strikeouts, but um, the walk rate was really good. The approach looked really good, so we weren't really too concerned. And I think now we're starting to see it kind of be put together. Um, and I'm just talking from a at-the-plate perspective here. Nothing defensively, because that's a work in progress. But at the plate, I think a lot of the concerns about the bat have been put to bed, if there were any. Yeah. I'm with you. You know, I, I think, uh, I mean, you saw what he did in double A, but granted, he's a 23 year old killing double A, right? Let's right. get this guy up to some competition he belongs in. And he goes to triple A just for a little bit here. Triple uh, A didn't skip a beat, basically doing the same thing he was doing in double A, but again, all minor leagues, right? So he makes the jump. Now I'm with you. Like, I mean, I just felt he's major league ready. That was his calling card. That's why you drafted him among other reasons, 1-1, one, one, because the bat was going to absolutely play. Like, you almost had no doubt about it, right? Um, but, yeah, like you said, when it comes to the majors, I mean, things can happen. You, you don't know. And is it going to be enough to that he could be, like, a corner outfielder? Is a corner – is a right fielder? Is the bat going to be enough, right? And uh, it's it's early, right? You can't really say you have answers to the questions, but I think we're leading towards an absolute yes. Like you said, like, it's not even just the fact that, like, when you look at his numbers, he's batting 284 
381 slugging 451 has a 129 weighted on creative plus like it's not even just that like the numbers in total it's the fact that like, you watch him and he just looks like a major leaguer he absolutely does and you see the power coming that was one of the things that you i'm not going to say worry but you wanted to see more of early like he had just the one home run and what 100 plate appearances mm-hmm. and it was like well you know it's henry davis like he has a lot of raw power then he hits two home runs in a game right you, you talk about that one home run he hit foul um and then, like, he's hit a couple away, like the double he had yesterday, too. Like, right. yeah, <laughs> Henry Davis looks like a dude. Um, and he plays like a dude. That's like the other thing, you know, what stood out to me yesterday, too. Like, this is the little things, right? When Henry Davis popped it up, I think it was his last at bat, he like kind of popped it up to the shortstop, right? Dude was pissed. Like, as soon as that ball went up, he threw his bat down. And then just ran as hard as you could at first base. Like the hustle mm-hmm. isn't there, right? Just like just everything about him. Like even when he fails, you you love to see what you see out of him, right? Like he's just a complete competitor, wants to win. Um, there's there's not much offensively. I don't like about Henry Davis right now. Yeah, I don't think we're really gonna be too concerned about him not running out a ground ball or something like that. I don't feel like we're ever gonna see him get benched for any laziness, right? Uh, so. That's not a concern. The other part is I think we're starting to see that the ground ball rate start to slowly drop down early on. He was pounding the ball into the ground a lot. And a lot of that's just finding your timing and cleaning up the bat path a little bit. But a lot of it is timing. Um, and we're starting to see that really come together with even with the four home runs and all the doubles we've seen him put up there lately. And really just the, the way the strikeout rate is just slowly dropped. Mm-hmm. He's He's just not striking out as much now. Everything just looks really good from him at the plate. At the plate. Yeah. And and I guess to me those up, right? The ground ball rate, just 52% right now, which is way higher than like his career numbers in the minors and such. Um, but yeah, strikeout rate, 18.6, walking 11, right? Like those normalizing. The dude was like striking out walking at the same rate. Like we're talking about like Juan Soto type stuff in the minors. <laughs> we weren't expecting Juan Soto stuff in the majors. Mm-hmm. But to your point, right? Like that's starting to normalize a little bit here also in the majors. Um, and we're talking just still 118 plate appearances. Like it's right. still very, very young for his career. I'm not sure if the league is still going to it, make adjustments and make it harder for him. Um, but sure they like will. He, yeah, but like he is right now the, the best Pirates hitter on the team. That's yeah. where he's at. So I guess my question I'd pose to you is what do you even consider a ceiling at this point? <sighs> Dude's got a bat. Um, I, I mean... I, honestly, like a, a lot of talk was Kyle Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber, but I feel like that's almost a negative right. to Henry Davis. Like, I just feel like he's too complete of a hitter, put it that way. Um, I mean, Schwarber's is excellent offensively. I mean, he has the power, like, you know, like value wise, it might total out to be about the same mm-hmm. offense, right? Where Schwarber's kitten 50 bombs and you know maybe Henry Davis doing 20 25 but he's batting closer to 300 you know I, I just feel like he's a much more complete hitter um I think maybe Schwarber was more of what you thought at worst case scenario this is what we could be looking at yeah that's maybe fair. not a ceiling but maybe not worst case scenario obviously because Kyle Schwarber's still really good right but just maybe what we thought we might see is a more um likely outcome if the strikeouts start to creep up like they do with everybody. 
right now I I don't even know where I'd say because it's so much of it relies on where he ends up defensively. You know, right. for, if somehow he ends up at catcher, you've got a, probably an MVP caliber player, to be honest with you. If he can actually play catcher at a just average level. And that's what I'm worried about. Like, aren't you a little worried right now? Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, like, part of me is, what the hell is wrong with the Pirates? And that's a very valid question. Yeah, <laughs> That's probably it's one you could ask every single day <laughs> about every single topic, right? Like, what is wrong with the Pirates? And what I mean by that is, they've made sure they're out of this race, right? There was every opportunity you could have hung on a little bit, right? You could have tried these things they're doing right now earlier to maybe hang on and save some grace for the season to potentially when Cruz comes back, some reinforcements, right? You're closer to the deadline. You're making some moves to contend, right? They made sure they didn't do that. So ensuring that you're not competing and you're in last place in the NL Central, at this point in time, why is Henry Davis not getting more opportunities behind the plate? So again, is it why the Pirates are so dumb or is it we should really be worried about Henry Davis' catching ability? I almost have to lean towards the fact that I don't they must not believe that he can catch. That's rough. I you really can't think of another reason for him not putting like giving him opportunities at all behind the plate. Um even just one every two weeks it's not happening. Right. Like you so, said it's been a month and he's yeah. come in like in the ninth inning once, right? Yeah. I think he has like one inning behind the plate. Yeah. That's that so concerns me. I would tend to lean that they don't think he's a catcher. But they're also making it so that he can't be a catcher. There's there's no margin for error there because they're not giving him a shot. Right. Yeah. That, that's why again I'm I'm kind of concerned. I understand the the point. I mean, now Andy's up here. You know, he's gonna right. get the bulk of the catching as he should. But this whole Austin Hedges thing, you know. Are they just so worried? Like it, they just really, really feel that he's going to help out the pitching staff so much more that it's more valuable to have him do this and help the pitchers that he's the moment that he's in there. That's more valuable than giving Henry Davis experience opportunities behind the plate in a season that's lost. That's why I'm confused. And I know they said that you know he would get every opportunity, he would get more opportunities now, but it's been that week and he right. still didn't see anything behind the plate this week. Yeah, not once, it's, and it's not like he's, you know, lighting it up in right field and playing great defense out there, so that you don't want to move him, because <laughs> it, it's a work in progress out there, and rightfully so. He's he had what two games in right field before this year. Um, let me look that up. Actually, I mean, I he, think you're before this year. Keyword probably now he might have he might have had thirteen in the outfield. Um, before yeah, he, got he called had. Up. So, so actually, oh, never mind, because that's majors. Oh, um, I think so. I think you're right, though. He had more experience this year in right field, but as far as right. previous years, I think it was just two last year. Um, but let's talk about that that little bit, right? Because like the one thing about actually, it was he might not have played in right field at all last year. <laughs> might have been left field, actually. I know he played either way, field, but regardless. Um, I think Henry Davis is something to talk about. And you see it like in the stolen bases also. Um, we know he has an arm, 
He's a catcher that was touted at the draft. You know, like he has an arm. We're seeing that on the display. But let's talk about this. Maybe he's he's more athletic than I expected. So, do you think? I know it's a work in progress, and we're talking how he has very limited time in right field. Do you think that he could become an adequate right fielder? I think so. I think he's, like you said, he's athletic enough. I think that he could do it. Um, it's just that at the end of the day, that value is not really going to be there as a corner outfielder. And how long is that athleticism really going to hold up? That is he a long-term solution there? I don't know. Maybe his long-term position is first base, which really you don't love taking a one-one player there that ends yeah. up at first base. But and I think that's why a lot of this hinges on his ability to play catcher at some point in his major league career. And maybe robo umps are the reason that happens at some point, but maybe that's why they're, maybe that's why they're just keeping the hope alive there. They don't think he can catch right now, but maybe if robo umps come around, Henry Davis can go behind the plate more. Maybe I don't know, but I think he, to go back to the question, I think, yeah, you can be a good right fielder. It's just, I don't know how long in his career he can. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's a hope, and that's one I want to put in people's heads too. Like, I know it looks pretty bad right now, but again, talking about inexperience, he hasn't had many opportunities there to to play and get better. Mm -hmm. So I think he can. Like, that was the one thing that I guess impressed me. Not that we watched a whole lot of minor league games to see it, but like you saw highlights of Henry Davis, and like he made some diving catches. You know, like there's a lot of stuff he was doing out there that left you thinking, wow, maybe he can play right field. Um, and then now we're seeing like his actual athleticism on display. He plays the ball very poorly. And again, I look at that more as just inexperience because that's really what it comes down to. Like every baseball that goes behind his head, we're done. <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> it's even, bouncing off the wall somewhere else. He's losing it. Um, even yeah, balls hit in now. He's just, he doesn't read them quick enough off the bat. That's true. But I mean, but at least he, it comes he, to him. Right. But he's never played in any of these ballparks before. He's hardly played the position before. He's probably hardly played the outfield before. He's been a right. catcher his whole life. Right. But that's that's some of the worrisome, you know, like you said, value wise, especially guy one one. Like that's that's gonna be tied down the entire time. If he's just Henry Davis is the guy that whatever you got, he's a right fielder. That's one thing. But like you took a one one over some players that were shortstops. Which we can get into that here in a second. But you know, like they have clear positions. You take this guy who you're not sure of, like he, he's listed as a catcher and he ends up being, like you say, a right fielder or first baseman. That's your one, one overall. That's kind of worrisome. Um, and right. Like the value absolutely comes a catcher. So I don't know what the plan is. I hope we get a clearer picture towards the end of the season that he will get some, you know, time behind the plate, but I guess I'm leaving it. Like Henry Davis looks to be a dude, but get him behind the plate. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess the other part just to add is so many guys get missed on 1-1. So if they do get a first baseman or right fielder that plays really good Major League Baseball, at the end of the day, you can look back and say, at least they got a good player out of it. Yeah. Because so many guys get missed on 1-1. We know we're Pirates fans. We've seen it. True. I guess the floor was there. Yeah. But you could definitely say with Henry Davis. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm happy they have Henry Davis. Just, I wish he'd get more, a little more run behind the plate. Fair enough. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the 2023 Pirates in total. Um, I've been 
kind of comparing the records between this year and last year, right? To the point right now, they're at 99 games and just seeing where they have progressed. And Tyler, it hasn't been too good. It's basically been they're three games better than 2022. And here's, here's something I, I just look at and talk, right? Like we understand there's definitely been injuries, right? Like, Oh no, Cruz should be there this year. And he's not. But the way I look at that is he wasn't there last year really either. You know, so like if you're comparing apples to apples, he wasn't there last year until end of June. And he struggled also to this point to today, right? The whatever game it would have been in his call up. He had a negative 0.3 war, like a 76 weighted runs created plus. So we didn't have the good version of O'Neill Cruz last year either. Um, I know JT Brubaker's injured, right? There's injuries, but like we're talking about a team last year who gave the third most played appearances and fourth most played appearances to Michael Chavis. And Ben Gamble. Talk about a team that employed Yoshi Chitsugo. You're talking about a team that employed Josh Van Meter, right? Like this 2020 team was awful. And this year was supposed to be there's no way they can be bad. They invested almost $40 million in this offseason in these vets, right? Like this team has improved. The young guys are there. You got rid of all the guys that aren't even in Major League Baseball right now. These people I'm talking about aren't even in the majors. There's going to be an improvement. All these people are taking the under for Vegas. You guys are idiots. You guys just nothing but the narrative of the Pirates bad, Pirates bad, right? You're idiots. Maybe we were the idiots, Tyler. Yeah, we might have been. This team's three <laughs> games better right now to this point than last year. And they were spotted a 28-8 start. They were spotted. That That's to me, I, I try not to dwell too much on that. That's hard to swallow. I mean, you're like you said, spotted 20 to 8. That was your record. You're 20 and 8 in April. And now, just three games better than what last season was. What's happening here? <laughs> you can point to the injuries. Um, obviously, losing O'Neill Cruz hurts a lot, but we're when we look at it, we're also basing this on O'Neill Cruz being really good this year. We don't know that he would have been. And I don't know that I'm comfortable saying he would have been looking at everyone else on this roster. I'd like to hope he would have been, but I don't know that for certain. Um, Obviously, we've seen a lot of these young guys come up recently, so their impact really hasn't been felt aside from Henry Davis. To me, it just comes back to they didn't do enough pitching-wise. They ignored the bullpen for the most part. They didn't add any real impact arms in the bullpen. And their starting rotation really was just put together with bubblegum, band-aid, superglue. And once there was a tiny shred of, you know, the, the seams coming apart, it all went downhill. It... it, it... It really did. But you know what, Tyler, it bothers me so much even more. Injuries happen, right? And like I I don't want to use an excuse, but I also want to understand like it was a real concern for this team, right? And yes, starting pitching was part of it. But you know what really bothers me is where it is any of the progression from the players. Brian Reynolds is essentially a below average out corner outfielder at this point in time. This is the guy you signed a hundred million dollar deal. This is the guy that was the face of your franchise, right? Right now, it's probably going to be Ono Cruz, but Cruz hasn't proven himself. Like you said, he could have struggled this year. 
Ryan Reynolds is the face of your franchise. He's a below average corner outfielder at this point. G1 mm-hmm. Bay, Rodolfo Castro are back in the minors. Marcano Tucapito probably should be. He also Marcano Tucapita. Tuki. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you didn't see my comma after Marcano? <laughs> It's like if you're pulling up his baseball reference page. When you become good, you get to be called by your first name first. <laughs> All right? That's the deal on North Shore 9. So that guy's also not good. There's your middle infield. Uh, like like every you know, Rowan Z. Contreras, Luis Ortiz back in the minors. Rowan Z. Contreras, awful. Luis Ortiz, where's that fastball? Also not looking good. Like every person outside of Jack Sawinski, mind you, has regressed. What, what's happening? What are we doing here? I don't know. I wish I had the answers because I'd be hired. <laughs> I really be here. I, I mean, I don't know. I it's everybody, and when you have all these injuries that occurred, your depth is going to get tested and. We're seeing guys that we probably didn't think we'd see this year. When a guy like uh, Rwanzi, he's in year three. We we should be able to pencil him into the rotation every fifth day. Him and Mitch Keller. We, Luis Ortiz, okay, maybe we thought there might be some growing pains with him. I don't know if we thought he'd be as bad as he was. The fastball velo was gone. The command was nowhere to be seen. Slider looked fine, just like everybody else. The slider looked fine. Everything else sucked. I think you could just go down all these prospects they've developed and all these arms they've brought in. Slider looks good. Everything else sucks. So that's part of it. Why? Why? You know what I mean? Like, what's what's going on here right now? Nothing is making sense. Like, if Luis Ortiz is coming up and the talk was he needed a third pitch. Can he get by with two? That was a lot of stuff that you know we talked about this offseason as well, right? Um, it's possible, but he needs to develop a third pitch. What's ironic to me, it seems like he did that. Yeah. Like he's thrown this change up and it's not awful, right? Which is fine. It's it's good enough. It's playable. Why is the fastball gone? And why is that happening to more players than just him? Like, why did Quinn Preacher come up and right. His fastball is also gone. Yeah, 91, what, what's, what's happening? I, I mean, someone needs to do a deep dive on that. Someone closer to the organization than we are, but there's there's definitely something going on where it's either whatever they're doing training-wise or I don't know exactly what it could be or if it's just being taught that they're trying to get a better shape of their fastball by – losing some velocity. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's not working and it's making everybody's fastball terrible. Remember how we were on board of Oscar needs to go. Yeah. And then Mitch Keller turned around and that was still hard. I was like, great. So he's a good triage service. He knows (laughs) to tell people where to go to get their help because I can't do it for you. And then it was like, yeah, maybe we should give him the more of the benefit of the doubt because you know, other guys look a little bit better and such or whatever. Are are we still on Oscar Marine train? I don't know that I ever jumped on the train. I just let it pass a little bit without wanting to derail it. That's fair. 
now I I might put I might try to derail it. And I, I don't know I don't know if it's Oscar Marine. It could, it might just be because it's happening at the low the minor league level as well. So it could just be an organizational philosophy coming down from Ben Sherrington. Which any opportunity I have to blame him, I'm taking it. <laughs> right. I guess I say which leads down to we just don't know where and if we did get paid. I don't know where either. Like, I guess it's, that's fair to say. I don't know if it is Oscar Marine. I think it's fair that, yeah, I was really, really hard on him. Really, really hard. And I think it took me a while to budge. And something that I said was they're in a position where you should probably give him the benefit of the doubt. I guess I wasn't like a Oscar Marine truther, as you might say. But I think I was at the point where it's like, you know, hey, listen, they've done some things. Give him the benefit of the doubt. I forget what I was saying it with at one point, too. But um, I think with a Ronzi situation and at this point now there's too much talent you know i guess that's i'm at like i question the talent that's in the organization especially middle infield right like i question the talent of g1 bay i question the talent marcano castro right castro has the tools that we always knew that right can he put it together is a big question but like i nick gonzalez you know i question a lot of the talent's been acquired to play this middle infield but whatever, there's Brian Reynolds, there's Brian Hayes, there, like there's all the other guys too, Ronzi Contreras, right? Like all these guys, they're underperforming way too much, and I can't blame just lack of talent. Like I can't just blame lack of talent everywhere. So like, what is going on with this coaching staff? How are we in year four and everyone just sucks still? I think the other thing that probably does need to be looked into is why is this team so obsessed with everybody throwing a slider? I think Quinn Priester is the biggest example of this. His slider was probably his second most used pitch in his debut. Quinn Priester throws one of the nastiest curveballs in the organization. He hardly threw it. Yeah. So is there something there that this team's really just force feeding the slider down everyone's throat? But I thought this was an organization that came in and saw the flaws in the last one and said, we're going to work and do what's best for you. And what you're seeing is a fundamental, an organizational approach to pitching and an organizational approach to hitting. Like that just seems to be like falling in the same groove as the old regime. Right? I mean, that's like yeah. what they're doing. Like the, the hitting approach is like, the same for every single person. This. Everybody and the pitching approach is like the same for every single person. That's what we were supposed to not do. It's like they just took Vince Velasquez and said, let's make everybody in this organization Vince Velasquez. Good slider, everything else sucks. Yeah. So I guess instead of you know Sarah giving everyone the two seamer, we're just giving everyone the slider. <laughs> I mean, really though. I, I, just came to my mind that everybody in this organization is throwing a slider now. And that's, that's one of their most used pitch. It's almost like at a 35, 40% clip. And it's guys that, I mean, even look at Mitch Keller, he doesn't throw a curveball anymore. He's just heavy sweeper. Mm-hmm. Now he's Which, tweaked by it, the ways it's really sexy. good. But <laughs> every now and then I'd like to see that curveball be mixed in a little bit, just to get a little change of speed. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, maybe that's something I don't know that that is causing anything with the fastball, but, it, it is another like square peg round hole type of deal here where I think Quinn Priester's the guy to really look at that. Why is he throwing a slider so much? It's, it's not a bad pitch, but his curveball is his calling card. 
yeah. Mind you, one outing, but again, these are all the concerns that we're seeing. I'm just so I'm just so perplexed on like how we are where we're at in 2023, this organization. Um, something we said off the air, right? Like what answers are being what questions are being answered right now? Like for this future. Who who are you penciling in? Like, where's this rotation next year? Mitch Keller. Okay. That makes sense. You don't want to see the struggles he's been having like the past month or so, but Mitch Keller's in that rotation. Um, I hope Paul skis at some point, <laughs> right? So there's two. Yeah. That's why you draft him 1-1. One, one. Is it Rowanzi? Is it Ortiz? Is it Oviedo? It, is it Oviedo? Who, who else are you penciling in right now? Is it Brubaker? They got a lot of just guys. And nobody's really taken that step forward. I guess, like, if we want to be slightly positive, some of these guys have looked like major league caliber pitchers, but none that you really are going to put into a rotation and go to the playoffs with. I can't, yeah, squint, I can't squint hard enough and go, if everything comes together, these guys can take them to the postseason. Sure. But I'm not sure I can come together and just say these guys can yeah. do what they need to get them into the postseason. No. You know, uh, again, if Skeens everything is advertised, that's your workhorse. And Mitch Keller, we know, is pretty good. That's that's a solid one-two. After that, I'm seeing, hopefully, some number five pitchers, right? Like Oviedo yeah. has impressed me in the sense of maybe he can be a capable starter. He hasn't shown it, truthfully, totally yet but i certainly see traits that tell me he could i'm more positive that he can today than i was last year the trade deadline that happened but it still isn't good his first inning is awful does he need an opener like is that just something he needs um so like the the traits also that said he's probably going to be a reliever are still there i think it's just less worrisome right now than it was before ronzi Contreras, it's just god awful I mean, he's yeah. in the complex league right now. That's that's not good. You can't say he's you, you can pencil him in the rotation next year, right? Brubaker injury, Burroughs injury. Like I get the injury parts, right? So you can see them coming up and, and doing something. But still, we never know what Burroughs was yeah. yet either. Who, is, and is and Brubaker's the same. Brubaker's essentially Oviedo. Results wise, yeah. they're basically the same guy. And with that said. As Jim harped on, which I think all of us agree on, but his comp was Quinn Priester is JT Brubaker. So if that's JT Brubaker, that's also Quinn Priester. Right. <laughs> now, I think, again, like the thing about Quinn that he presents is like his floor is a major league pitcher. And I kind of agree with that. Well, more to come. But still, You're, back end. Yeah. I mean, nobody's saying good major league pitcher. It's, that's I, all questionable. At this if point, David Bednar's still on the team, yeah. look at the bullpen. Yeah. Now what? Thankfully, the bullpen, and we haven't seen Ben Sherrington do it yet, but the bullpen seems to be the easiest fix. It's just that they refuse to fix it. And I think next year, in terms of the rotation, we're looking at a couple more free agent signings on one-year deals. In a year that of 2024, where we should be seeing at least three guys that are homegrown. At the very least, you you got to have three guys from this organization that are in the starting rotation. Right. Other side, 
what is Cabrian Hayes? Yeah. Just a terrible bat with a good glove? Is that just what he is then? Like there should be no hope of a bat? I think the writing's on the wall there. We're just ignoring it. Who's Brian Reynolds? I mean, it, it's a fair question. Is Brian Reynolds going to hit the normal age curve? I mean, he is almost 30 years old. We're getting there. Okay. Henry Davis has no position. He probably can hit. Andy behind the plate. We don't know yet. Uh, O'Neill Cruz injury. Still is he going to be a shortstop when he comes back healthy? Yeah. There's just like, to, to me, there's, like you said, like, there's so many questions. Who the hell is Jack So Swinsky? few answers yet in year four. And we're talking about the guys that are here, not just prospects. I didn't talk, I didn't talk about Nick Gonzalez. Yeah. Right? Like, we're not talking about these prospects still. You're hoping to come up. Like, the guys that are even here. So many question marks around. Yeah, and we have no more answers today than we did even in 2022. There might be more questions. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we have more questions. Same amount of answers, just now more questions. You didn't have to question Brian Reynolds. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now I kind of do. I'm yes, hoping it's all tied to Andy Haynes. I am hoping it's all tied to Andy, Andy Haynes. But this isn't good in year one of that extension. No. No, it's not. <laughs> Anyways. All right, man. Anything else you want to question? There's a lot I want to question, but not on the show. Fair. Let's get into this upcoming series then. So, the end of the Angels, right? They said took one out of three. Now they're going to play the Padres. Keep in mind, this is good info to have. Jim will also be at these games. I'm not sure how many of them, but he's also going to be um, in San Diego. So <laughs> there's that, right? They're not going to win because of the, the Rosati curse. Right. But also they have some pretty good pitching coming up. So they're going to see you, Darvish. They're going to see Blake Snell. They're going to see Seth Lugo. I don't know, Tyler. Where do we want to go here? Because it is the San Diego Padres. They spent a lot of money. We know about that offense, right? You know about Tatis and Soto and Machado and Bogarts and just go down the list. And then we're seeing basically the best outside of I – mean, they're going to miss Joe Musgrove. I guess there's some saving grace in that. Um, I would have liked to have seen Joe, though, pitch. But Blake Snell also is just on an ungodly tear right now <laughs> uh, of recent. There's you, Darvish, who who has like 97 pitches. Pirates can't hit any of them. Uh, also, Pirates striking out at a ridiculous rate these days, right? We talk about April to now. Uh, and then, yeah, Seth Lugo, who just kind of hangs around being a, a solid major league player year in and year out. What's your take on the series? You know where I'm at at this point is that I just, I hope that the guys that we want to see perform, perform. Final score be damned. I want to see Andy look good behind the plate and put balls in play and maybe collect a couple hits. I just want to see Henry keep doing what he's doing. And I want to see Quinn Priester have just a bounce back outing. Not great. Just bounce back a little bit. Look capable. Don't get lit up in one inning. Aside from that, I don't know if we can look for many other positives because this one could be whoever's doing the post game show. Good luck. <laughs> you know, I didn't even see what days do I have? I don't do know if know? we decided yet, but I already I'll said I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it is West Coast, so yeah. You're they are 940 games, and they will not be pretty 940 games. But you never know. This team does surprise you on these late. 
like these uh, late night road trips where they could take two out of three and everybody will start getting their hopes up again and then they'll lose 10 straight. There you go. Yeah, like that's the, the ironic thing is, I mean, it, first off, it's baseball, right? Anything can happen. That's the beauty of baseball. Now that I got that out of the way, it is also the Padres and it's the Pirates. Uh, like the Padres have been underperforming this year as well crazily like they have all the talent in the world like you look at their performance like it's good and you're like how's the record what it is tatis jr you know came in like a month after because of suspension is basically like an mvp type of player in right field showing he's probably one he's one of the better defenders in baseball and he's he's playing right field this isn't the case of henry davis where he goes and plays right field and is lost he goes right field and says i'm the best right fielder in the game <laughs> um you have juan soto who also like after the first month we can poke fun of Ryan here, actually, right in fantasy. He had Juan Soto. He's like after April, he's like, "Anyone want Juan Soto? I'm ready to trade him." And that's like when he took off. So Juan Soto looks like Juan Soto right now. Kim is like their third best player. Kim has a 3.4 WAR at this point in time. He's like your utility player. They thought of. He's just a an MVP type caliber player now. <laughs> they have Bogarts. You have Machado. Gary Sanchez gets picked up, and he's like an elite catcher now for the Padres. Something the Pirates could have used <laughs> instead of Austin Hedges. Um, yeah, it's just like kind of crazy how good this team is on paper, and the Pirates going to face them. And I just like I see as much as I want to squint. Uh, I, 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 how's this team not get swept? <laughs> the way they're playing, especially yeah. now. I mean, yeah the pitching matchup, everything lines up for it to not go well. Um, and it looks like it probably should be a couple early nights for everybody. But you never, like you said, it's baseball. You never know. But if I'm a betting man, I'm I'm not putting money on it. Yeah, it's rough. Like, I'm not going to say I feel bad, but like this is Quinn Priester's second start, and this is the offense it's he gets to face. tough get. Throwing up against you, Darvish, of all people. Yeah, it's tough. I do want to see a bounce back from him. <clears throat> His first go was was rough. His first three innings were perfect. <laughs> Give him that. After that, it was very, very rough. Uh, so he's got a test. He certainly has a test tonight. <clears throat> and then Tuesday, I think we have Rich Hill. That might... I was going to say, it's definitely not. It's like you said, like the matchups. I mean, there's no Mitch Keller. If you wanted to have a stopper. He's not going to pitch in this series, which and he's that, also looked bad in. That Rich Hill outing just has it written all over it. It's going to be terrible. He's going to throw a few of them meatballs that are just going to get launched. 17, 19, 12, 11, 19, 10. Those are the home runs leaders by the Padres. Gary Sanchez, who's played in just 43 games, also has nine home runs. They like to hit the long ball. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be fun. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else like you want to? I guess uh, that's, you know, like the shift is has definitely changed too. like these series previews. You know, before we're talking about how this team could win and such. And this point in time, we're back in 2022 mode. Which again is why we have so many questions and such, but it's 
it's not so much how do you want to win this series? How can the Pirates win the series? It's it's leaning towards, again, like, what do you want to see out of the series? Because wins and losses don't matter anymore. Yeah. And they're trending more to get the number one pick than they are becoming a 74-win team. Yeah. I think, if anything, it's a tough – it's a really tough matchup for Quinn Priester because – Another thing we want to see out of him is missing some bats, and this is going to be a tough one to miss some bats in. Yeah. I do look forward to continuing to see Andy behind the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not going to blame a lot of the woes of how many runs were scored because of Andy Rodriguez behind the plate and not Austin Hedges because Austin Hedges was behind the plate yesterday as well, and yeah. Mitch Keller pitched, and they had seven runs against them. Andy was just behind the plate in a bullpen game, and they shut him out. Sure, there you go. Um, but like one of the things that you like to see, uh, like like him was he was very vocal with David Bednar. Yeah, he's caught Quinn Priester. You saw him leaning on Quinn Priester's shoulder in the dugout <laughs> the other night. So there's some camaraderie there. You know, I'd like to see Indy behind the plate working with the pitchers and such. I'd like to see Henry Davis get behind the plate also. Hopefully, maybe this series. At some point, maybe. Maybe that's how Ever. they can sneak a win here. Henry Davis goes back there and you find some more offense. Connor Joe in right field. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like it's just back to what do you want to see other players with how improvement and development? And uh yeah, kind of sucks. It sure does. <laughs> As Bucko says, Bucko Mike says, my sixty six ninety six is alive again. It's very much alive. And that is what sucks because there was no way this team was under a 71 team this year. It's impossible. It's impossible. Look at the roster they turned over. Look at what they acquired. You spent $40 million this offseason getting Andrew McCutcheon, a Carlos Santana, a G-Man Troy. Like you go down this list of players that you go and get. You trimmed off all the fat. You got a lot of your core here. How is this team a 70 win? team or less well ben's gonna show you (laughs) here we are (laughs) all right on that note should we get out of here tyler yep go get your coffee go start your day at work yep i gotta actually go to the office unlike some of you so stupid i'll be doing that the rest and i gotta be there in about 20 minutes yeah well (laughs) (laughs) Your traffic contains one traffic light and three cars. So yeah. I'm not I'm not saying anything. Anyways, let's get out of here though for real. So right. we'll see you tonight, I guess, on this post game to talk this Pirates victory when they win like twelve nothing. Yeah, you have fun. Bye bye. Peace out for Scouts. Hey you all, thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can. Uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot. But if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.